0: Hi, this is Jim Swilly. Welcome to Metron Live. Metron is a Greek word that means sphere of influence. I believe in living your best life possible, and that's the reason for this podcast. This is my Metron. Now let me help you discover yours. Welcome to the Metron Live Podcast coming to you from beautiful historic Midtown Atlanta. Um, Metron community people, would you give, give the podcast people a big hand? Let them know that you are here. Thank you to those of you who listen. We speak into this atmosphere and I say the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach liberty to the captives. All right. I want to pick up on something that I talked about um, Friday night on my 11.11 uh, live broadcast. Because the um, the hurricane that just came through, Hurricane Ian, we heard that it was coming. We spoke peace be still. Uh, depending on how you look at it, I mean, you could say, Well, it was downgraded some, but, yes, it did terrible destruction. It wasn't a death toll like I've heard before, but it was still significant. I think 77 is the last that I heard. And the uh, destruction is just unbelievable. Um, And the one thing that I hear with every one of these disasters, including the fires in California the floodings the earthquake i the the one thread through all of it is people say we've never seen it like this this is the worst we've ever seen I, I i nearly anticipate it like where's are you about to say it or not and so um it does beg the question what's going on uh are things getting worse is the the planet coming apart at the seams and i want to uh i want to sort of give you my take on it and you're not um required to embrace my take i just i just like to present this and say this is this is where i'm at on the whole thing but um sometime back speaking of paintings i did a teaching on um someone had asked me um if if i am is the highest affirmation then why do we still pray in the name of jesus like explain that and i thought what's well, a valid question and it kind of it kind of opened up a whole teaching. Now, it's not that it's that new. I've been teaching towards this for some time now uh, about why exactly did Jesus come? Uh, what was that about? And um, the two statements that Jesus made that are, are, are kind of, um, they're the pillars of my belief system. Uh, you, if, if you don't understand how much I'm impacted by these two statements then you don't you don't have a comprehension of my ministry. One of them is Jesus saying in John 14 it's necessary that I go away. Like what why did Jesus say that? You know um uh Groucho Marx used to be famous for a song he did. He did it in one of his movies back in the 30s but it was called Hello I must be going. Like if you ever watch in the 50s uh when he, they did uh what was the game show he used to do uh, you, you you bet your life. Yeah. And when they come on, that was, hello, I must be going. And uh, I'm a big Marx Brothers fan. There was insanity about him saying, I just got here, but I got to go. I don't know if you've ever had company that as soon as they walk in, they start telling you. Um, I won't say which one of my children, but one of my married children. Um, <laughs> It's like every time we get together, nearly with all of us, he tells me why they have to go to another house. I mean, and I nearly anticipate it. And I'm like, okay, we'll, can, we'll, we'll eat fast. So he always lets me know, you're not our only stop today. And I understand, you know, he, he has taken a wife, and I, that's, I've been there. Uh, so uh, it's, you know, you, you want to think sometimes of some, especially, when someone like the Messiah, who has been prophesied for centuries, David and Isaiah and all of these Old Testament prophets are saying, he's coming, he's coming. Hang on, he's coming. Something's coming, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. I'm channeling a lot of pop culture today. Um, so we're anticipating that he's coming. He comes and uh, most of the people that were looking for him didn't notice it because he didn't at all look like what they were expecting. They're expecting a king, a messiah, whatever. And there's a, this family in a barn in Bethlehem of all places and she's given birth. She puts this baby in a feeding trough. Like This cannot possibly be what the disciples are talking about. And so this baby grows up and he goes all he becomes a child he becomes a boy he becomes an adolescent he goes through teenage years and you have to understand at this time in history boys were getting married when they were 14 15 16 years old I mean back in bible days as soon as your body was as soon as a, a boy could sire children and a girl started having her cycle people got married because that's what they thought no marriage is for it's for procreation you're old enough to procreate and that's why even today in the jewish tradition when a boy becomes 13 he has a bar mitzvah and he declares today i am a man a girl has a bat mitzvah and so technically in the jewish tradition you're 13 you're grown up so when all of jesus's contemporaries are getting married having children he's 17 he's 18 he's 19 he's 20, he's 21, he's 25. Men that aren't married by 25 are the talk of the town. I'm not saying anything, but he's 26, he's 27, he's 28. You have to understand, people are dying at age 50 uh, at this time in history. (laughs) So if you're thirty if you're 28, 29, 30 years old, we're looking for a retirement home to put you in. Even in recent times, I used to go over to the cemetery in Covington. There's a uh, lot of graves from the 1800s there. And I would notice the most of the people died at 40. Some, you would see, 50 maybe. It was unheard of. Jimmy Carter turned 98 yesterday. Uh, that was unheard of uh, in, uh, in recent years. And uh, so Jesus is finally 30. Prophets have been prophesying about him for centuries. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Wait till he gets here. I'm telling you, he's the Messiah. He's going to make it all make sense. You're going to love it. 30 years, nothing's happened. He's still going to weddings with his mother. His mother is his plus one at a wedding, which seems to me he must have been living at home. We heard from him when he was 12 in the temple, and then he disappears for 18 years. I was even thinking about while she was doing this because this is clearly a very Buddhist influence. I'm aware of that. Uh, But, you know, there are some people that say that when Jesus was missing for those 18 years, he was traveling around the world and meeting other spiritual masters. And I'm neutral on that. Like, could be, could not. I, I can't prove it or disprove it. I, I do know Jesus seemed to be pretty laid back about other belief systems, like when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, There's this guy over here casting out devils, he's doing all this stuff, and we didn't we didn't sanction him. And Jesus says, If they're not against us, they're for us. So Jesus was a terrible Christian. Jesus would not Jesus could not join most churches today because what Western Christianity has devolved into does not it's not even a facsimile of, of uh, the ministry of jesus the 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 jesus that especially american christians have created is it, you need to put him in the in the category with unicorns and leprechauns and the tooth fairy because he doesn't exist he's a fabrication okay that's why you know white people were just freaking out that the little mermaid's going to be played by a black girl i'm like where do you see jesus y'all created a whole white jesus and he ain't even white anyway I always lose a part of my white crowd when I say that. Like, don't you take white Jesus away from me when I look into his blue eyes. Well, that's fine for your imagination, but he he didn't have them and he doesn't have them now. His name's not even Jesus now. Anyway, sorry, I read the book of Revelation. My bad. Anyway, um, so Jesus finally, they had some friends in Cana and they get married. uh, His friends are getting married. So they invite Jesus. Uh, and his, I, I guess his mom to the wedding. I mean, that's just, I don't want to, if you live at home with your parents, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I have nobody in mind. But isn't it sad if you're 30 years old and you're going to a wedding with your mother? I mean, it's just like, it's just like, you know, Jesus, come on. Are you dating anybody? Is there any inclination that maybe one of these prophecies are going to be fulfilled? Because you're supposed to be this great miracle worker and we have not seen anything. Yeah, we saw you get pretty cheeky with those doctors and elders at 12, but there's no miracles. You're supposed to be this miracle worker. We've been waiting for centuries. Where's a miracle? A magic trick? Something. So Jesus is at the wedding. I don't know what would Jesus do at a wedding. Was he was he dancing? I I don't know. He's at the wedding. And so Mary his mother comes to him and she says, "They're out of wine." And Jesus is like, "Okay." <laughs> like, um, did you think we were the caterers? Uh like that's not our responsibility." And so a- apparently Mary um she, She was just about tired of waiting on something to be manifested. (laughs) It's like, Jesus, um, you've been living with us for 30 years now. You know, most of your contemporaries are grandparents by now. I mean, people were having grandchildren at age 30. So, um, we're going to, you know, yeah. (laughs) Could I get some grandkids or a miracle or a fulfillment of a prophecy or something? Because, frankly, I mean, we love you and all, but we don't really see any indication that you're going anywhere or changing. And, and I, you know, I am in the blanks a lot. But we never... You know, Jesus was trained in the profession of his um, stepfather, Joseph. Joseph was a carpenter. So that's what you did. Boys were trained by their father, and Jesus' earthly father was Joseph. Uh, and after... Any of you with blended families? I don't know if you ever. I I had blended family, and thank God I never had this. But it's pretty typical in a blended family for a kid to look at a stepfather and say, "You're not my real daddy," or to say to a stepmother, "You're not my real mother." Well, when Jesus got lost in Jerusalem and they found him in the temple, Mary finds him after what is it? Three days he's missing, and and uh, she says. I can't believe you did this to us. She she took it personally as parents. You ever done that before? Where your kids just scared the bejesus out of you? What's his name? Judah went through a phase when he was little where he would hide from us. Everywhere we would go in public, he would hide. And I can't tell you how many strokes and heart attacks I nearly had. And and so I remember his mom and I were walking into Northlake Mall one day, and I said, Judah, I'm going to tell you something. I cannot run through one more mall screaming for you. And, you know, it, it, he was a big kid. I mean, when Judah was, you know, four, he looked like he was eight. When oh, we used to have him in Little League, I used to, to take his uh, birth certificate to convince people that, you know, we weren't trying to, like, we. they took his Little League group to the, Braves game one night and he's walking around the field with the with the coaches like he's an adult. So you know I'm having to tell people no he's actually four believe it or not. So as we're walking in I said I said look me in the eyes I said do not hide from us today. I cannot take one more time. So and and we're watching him. It's not like we're you know skipping down the mall. I mean we're you know there's only so much you can like look at a kid like this. We walk in a store, and his mom says, where's the dreaded words? Where's Judah? It's like, he's got to be here somewhere. I've already told him, do not hide. Looking around, he's not there. Judah, where are you? Judah. And you know, you you have that little moment where you're like, I don't want to overreact and look like a crazy person, but if somebody's stuffing him in a trunk right now and driving off, I don't want to be so chill about it. So you're trying to find where's the sweet spot between hysteria because I'm sure he's hiding but he couldn't possibly be hiding. He promised me he was not going to. We called and we called and we called and we called and called and called. till finally you're like, he's missing. So I start running up and down the corridors of North Lake Mall calling him. After 10 minutes, which 10 minutes of missing a child is about three years of aging of your life that you never get back. Um, And sure enough, he was behind a clothes rack. I mean, right there with us, he thought it was so funny. I didn't care if defects took him away from me. You can call and report me now. I drug him into a little side place in North Lake Mall. And after, let's just say what happened, I broke my watch. Because I was like, as God is my witness, if I kill us both in this stairwell, you're not going to do this again. You are not, I cannot do this one more time. <laughs> He also used to go through a lot of time uh, during that, he would jump out and scare me a lot. And that was back when we were building the big building and it was like constant stress. Every phone call was stress. And one day I was like, I was dozing off on the sofa and he jumped up and screamed at me and it scared me so bad, I actually felt the side of my face pull back like a like stroke and I was like, Judah, daddy's having a stroke right now but I swear to God, when I get feeling back, in my head, I'm going to beat the crap out of you, just so you know. So, when I got through, I mean, if a cop had seen me going, on, you know, going to town on him, as my mom used to say, like a chicken on a June bug, uh, th- I'm sure they, defects would have taken him away, but he never hid again. So, my point is, is, when Mary says, why did you do this to us? I understand why a parent takes it personally. Like you have no concept what you just put us through again. Then at a certain point, you know, the more kids you have, the less you care. Like I remember what <laughs> I remember uh, we had had, Christina had disappeared so much that one day uh, Debbie said, we were at Disney World and she said, I can't find Christina again. And it's like I, I didn't have any, I couldn't chase after one more kid. I'm standing there holding Jonah going, Look, there's Aladdin in the I was like, she'll show up. I can't. I have no more capacity for freaking out. I already lost Jonah on the subway and got in. It's like, you can't take anymore. So when Mary says, why did you do this to us? I'm like, I feel you, girl. And then Jesus looks back at her and says, how did you not know I had to be about my father's business? Which is, my parents would have interpreted as being sassy. Like, oh no, you did not, after we've been looking at you for three days now you're gonna now you're going bring attitude, oh no uh and and interestingly enough, we never heard from Joseph again, like there's no more mentions of of him in the gospels because it seemed to be a moment where the way I visualize it, Jesus looked at him and said, You're not my father, I mean, I appreciate all that you've done, but you guys are expecting me to fit into." Uh, some definition of family that is not my definition and jesus now you can't find in the gospels anything positive he said about the nuclear family everything is unless you hate my father and mother you are not worthy of me let the dead bury the dead i mean it's like he didn't say anything about happy families so why am i saying all that well so that's great that jesus said that but 18 years nothing's happened so marriage of cana he's 30 mary's like <laughs> i was thinking about it today do you mind if i use you in an illustration these shoes that ken's got on that we both love he said this morning he said do these shoes go with his pants i see yeah, it looks good he said i love these shoes i got them from for him in new york a few years ago what i always think about is it takes ken a long time to figure out what he wants to buy and so, like me, I walk into a, a place immediately, and I know I'm in and out of there. I'm like, I want those. Uh, Ken wanted some brown shoes, and um, we had been to lots of stores. And we had spent lots of time with him trying on lots of shoes. And I said, okay, those are good. Let's get those. And then he is no. I mean, we've been through a lot of them. You know it's true. And we were leaving New York. This is a few years back. We were sitting in some. Remember, we were sitting at Carmine's, and that guy was sitting at the bar. And I s- "And you said I like those shoes." I said, "Oh my God, let's find out where he got them." Excuse me, sir. What kind of shoes are those? They're Kohans. I'm like, sweet Jesus. In the morning, there's a Kohan store not far from here. He said, "Well, we'll see." So I drag him there. We got to catch a plane. And I'm like, I don't care. As God is my witness. I'm not leaving New York City without you getting these shoes. And so <laughs> he tried. And he started to say, no, I'm going to was like, No. Oh, no. You're getting these. And I think about that when every time he says, I really love these shoes. I'm like, I know. Yeah, but but um, that wasn't so bad. Was it? But the point is, you get to a, the end of a, You get to the end of a rope with the situation. And Mary apparently was like, you know, I'm I'm ready for some manifestation. So she turns to the crowd and outs Jesus as a miracle worker. She says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Well, now that's going to get everybody's attention. (laughs) I'm sure everybody there is looking at Jesus like, what are you going to tell us to do? So Jesus, he calls for... um, i think i did the math one time the three water pots that he brought out was around 180 what we would have is 180 gallons that's a lot that's a lot of wine at the beginning of a party but he's like all right go big or go home if you're gonna if you're gonna force me into this then let's fill up some water pots i mean it was like it was like david blaine setting up a you know you know and now to make it even more difficult i'll fill up three water and he turns the water into wine so basically he goes into the miracle ministry not kicking and screaming but definitely reluctantly would he have ever worked miracles if mary hadn't been the catalyst for that i don't know i don't know he didn't seem like he was in a hurry about it so that's the first uh, thing I want you to remember is he says, it's necessary that I go away because as Groucho Mark said, be, uh, hello, I must be going. We keep waiting for Jesus to come. He comes and nearly as soon as he gets started, he says, by the way, it's necessary for you that I go away. What? Jesus, we've been waiting for you for centuries. And now you're going to go? You know, the disciples... Most likely, most of them believed that he was going to set up an earthly kingdom, which is why they followed him. I know Simon the Zealot was that way. Uh, King James calls him Simon Zelotes, But he was, he was actually like a, a, a terrorist. Like he believed in overthrowing the Roman government with physical force. And uh, so he joined Jesus Probably because he thought, well, Jesus can, you know, he's got very influential with crowds. If anybody can, uh, you know, be a problem to Rome, it can be him. So these men are, you know, assuming they're building some kind of life with Jesus. And he says, it's necessary that I go away. What? So that's the first thing. If you, if you don't understand that, why I embrace that phrase, then, then none of my teaching will make sense to you. The other one is uh, in, in a similar passage. Uh, actually, it's the same passage. He says another uh, phrase. He says, um, and when I go away, you're actually going to do greater things than me. Now, this is after 36 months, three years of Jesus. Do us pretty impressive things. If you take the gospels literally he's walking on water he's multiplying loaves of fish he's healing sick people he's raised a couple of people from the dead i mean he's building up a pretty good resume of doing some astounding things y'all still with me so if anything you know if you're following jesus you would have to think well he's you know he's getting ready to go big you know we're we're about to we're about to uh kick this up a notch and uh He says, it's necessary that I go away. And you're going to do greater things than me. Instead of saying, I've set the example, you try to emulate me, he says, I'm going to get out of the way so that you can exceed what I've done. Now, if you've been expecting um, Jesus or the Messiah to get here to fix everything, and then he walks in and doesn't fix it and says, but i got to go, that's going to give you a paradigm shift, Right? because when somebody is with you doing everything you never rise to the occasion Uh, my uh, father transitioned nearly three years ago Uh, before he died my mom had never paid a bill had never pumped gas in her car she had to learn how to pump gas because she had never done it she married dad when she met him when she was 11 they were uh, engaged when she was fifteen, married when she was seventeen had me and Dad was a very old school alpha male who did everything and uh she 's done well one reason i don 't stand if she 's watching don 't be offended i 'm saying this, but one reason i don 't hang out there more than I do is I want her to not become so dependent on me because if i 'm there for several hours she is she 's used to depending on Somebody taking care of her. Last Sunday night, we were sitting there. She said, I can't stand up out of this chair. And I said, I think you can. Just try it. And she did. And it's just because she's used to somebody taking care of everything. To her credit, she's taking care. Like when I drive up, the house is taken care of. She's hired people. Like she's had trees cut down and all kind of stuff that she would have never even thought of doing before. But until Dad left... She didn't know that was possible. It, you know, there was one time she said, I get so tired of doing all this stuff. I said, well, that's the way the rest of us have lived all of these years. <laughs> that's just called being an adult. And she's risen to the occasion. I remember one time when Ken and I first got together, he was talking to somebody about a washing machine. I said, who are you talking to? He said, I'm explaining to my dad how to use the washing machine. I said, your dad's never washed clothes. He said, no, my mom always washes clothes. And when she got sick, I started doing it, and I've done it all these years. And his dad figured it out. And so for the last several years of his life, did his own laundry. But until, until Ken told him, I heard him say, you turn the dial and do the thing. Until the person that you're depending on leaves, you never learn how to do stuff for yourself. Y'all still with me? Did that sound bath get y'all too relaxed? I'm nearly through. So, all right. My two statements are, it's necessary that I go away. Um, You're supposed to do greater works than me. Implication being, if I don't go away, you'll never become me. Genesis 1.26 is, let us make people in our image and let them have dominion. Adam eats the fruit and hides. Why are you hiding? I was naked and I was afraid. Who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you that. The fall of man was a perception. The cross, and this is in no disrespect to the cross, I honor the atonement, but the cross was a placebo. Jesus said, if there's any way, let this cut pass from me. I don't want to have to do it. The cross was not plan A. But if man thinks he's fallen, then he's never going to walk in his Christness. Y'all with me? All right. So when the person asked me, why do we still pray in the name of Jesus? I said, well, quite honestly, we pray in the name of Jesus. I've prayed for several people lately. I've said it in the name of Jesus and in my name. I have, and they've actually gotten good results with that, because that's the relationship we're supposed to have. Paul in the in the passage, I'm going to show you one passage. Uh, he he calls uh, Romans chapter eight. He calls us joint heirs with Christ. That's a very radical statement. He's basically equating us with Jesus. Now, if you believe. Oh, it's all about Jesus. I'm waiting for Jesus to come. Jesus is going to fix it. Jesus is going to make it all right. Jesus is going to heal me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And Jesus is like, no, I'm, you're supposed to do more than me. That's why I'm getting out of the way. I'm going away. Where did Jesus go? He went, he went away so that you could become Jesus. Oh, y'all with me? All right. So what I want to show you about this painting in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you would have known the Father also, and henceforth you know and have seen. him. Somehow, fundamentalist Christians have translated that into if you don't become a Christian, you go to hell. I don't know how they got from Jesus saying I am the way to if you don't become a Christian, you're going to hell. I mean, that, that's quite a leap. Uh, and I've, I've looked for different translations because I've, I've read it and what the Greek actually says in the mirror translation which is done by a, a French man named Francois Dutrois. Uh, his translation in English is the closest to what the Greek actually says. He doesn't say I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says my I am mirrored in you is your way, your truth, and your life. So I got carried away with it and I did a painting uh, where I that's supposed to be a mirror right there, and you can't see it, but it's got metallic stuff on there so that it reflects the light. It says, "My I Amness mirrored in you is your way, your truth, and your life." I actually sent a picture of this. And he lo- I was hoping he would buy it. He didn't. He loved it, <laughs> so it's still it's still for sale. But anyway, the point of it is this: that's the essence of everything I believe. Jesus didn't die on the cross to appease an angry sky god he died on the cross to show you who you had been all along but you did not believe who you were that's why paul came along later and said we've been alienated from god in our minds so jesus says from that system of blood sacrifice if that's what you believe then yes i'll be wounded for your transgressions and bruised for your iniquities but you were created by love now let me let me just present let's say you'd never heard about God or the Bible or Jesus before. What if I said to you, let me give you the gospel in a nutshell. God is love. God is this omnipotent creator. He creates these people, but he sets them up for failure. He puts them in a garden with uh, two trees, and he says, eat from this one, not from that one. They eat from that one. Then he says, I'm going to kick you all out. And anybody who doesn't love me back, even though I'm love and tell you, to forgive your enemy 70 times 7 if you don't love me back i'm going to burn you in hell for eternity wouldn't you think that doesn't even make sense like if if his essence is love why is he setting so many landmine theological landmines for people to trip up that even after jesus dies on the cross we're still people still aren't going to make it when you look at this you like actually read the gospel and you will find Many people who talk very loudly have not read the Gospels. The Gospels are the most mis- not misread, unread text. There's a lo- people read a lot of Leviticus. When I came out, Leviticus and the first chapter of Romans was, uh, which was Paul channeling Levitical teaching through Moses, through Gamaliel, through him. Those passages were cut and pasted to me, I'm going to say 4,500, 5,000 times. And um, I'm thinking, you know, I've been preaching for nearly 50 years. I've come across those verses, written a couple of books about them, thank you. But uh, thanks for cutting and pasting one more time. Uh, and by the way, you don't live by Levitical law. I'm not sure why you're expecting me to, but I digress. It's a funny thing. When people don't realize they're supposed to be sons of God, they get real preoccupied with with what everybody else is doing. When religion gets all up in everybody else's business, it's because the religious have not realized who they really are. So, this is what I want to show you very quickly. This is Romans chapter 8. And what's that got to do with the hurricanes and stuff? All right, just bear with me. This is Romans chapter 8. My title is The Whole Creation Groans. This is uh, verse 18 through 29, and I'm in the um, New Simplified Bible, which is it's basically King James, but a couple of the words are tweaked. Um, Michelle, is it possible for you to go all the way to the end of it and then come back? Like, bring me down to what the slide. Yes, all right. Um, no, go back to the slide before that. All right, all right this slide right here is Romans eight twenty eight, and you hear people talking about it all the time we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who they called according to his purpose which I believe I, I I don't believe everything happens for a reason I don't like that when somebody says everything happens for a reason I'm like eh, I don't like that because you're implying that children are being molested for a reason I don't like that but I do believe all things can work together for good yes that 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 I got you on okay um But here it says, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. And the word called according to His purpose means those who are connecting with His purpose. Have Have you ever tried to do something with somebody and they missed the whole point of what you were trying to do? And so here it says, there's a thing that the Creator wants you to do, has wanted you to do ever since the Garden of Eden. And basically, all things work together is just for that group of people who are in the flow with his purpose. You hear me? All things work together is not a blanket statement for everybody. All right. Now, let's go back to the beginning of what I was going to show you. So this is Paul writing to the Romans. Romans. Paul's teachings have to be rightly divided because sometimes you can hear Moses influencing him through Gamaliel and sometimes you hear the influence of the bright light from heaven that shone on him on the road to Damascus. I've been teaching you that for years, you know. Here he says, and this is right after he has said, like in verse 16, he says, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Joint heirs with Jesus. I mean, that's what? So here he says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that be, will be revealed in us. Now, the traditional teaching of that is one of these days you're going to get to heaven and God's going to apologize for how terrible everything's been. We used to sing a song. I don't know if y'all did it in the United Pentecostal Church, but uh, Claude, you probably know it from the Symbols of God. Uh, is uh, It will be worth it all when we see Jesus Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One look at his sweet face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. So the implication is life is hard, life is terrible, you'll get to heaven and Jesus will apologize to you and and walking on the streets of gold will somehow make up for all the crap you had to deal with in life. That's the traditional teaching. If you read the context that Paul's writing this, Paul is totally talking about the now. He's not talking about one day we're going to walk on streets of gold. He's saying glory is supposed to be revealed in you. So what he's saying here is, I consider the sufferings of this present time, you could just as easily say it this way, I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us in this present time. Do you understand? All of this is about this present time. So, you hear me? Hear what my spirit said? So he's saying, if you learn how to flow with the purpose, the purpose, let us make people in our image and let them have dominion. If you learn to flow with the purpose, then all the suffering you go through releases The glory, which has nothing to do with walking on streets of gold. It has to do with how do you live your life in the year 2022? It's all about the now. The sufferings of this present time. All right, now listen. What's that got to do with tornadoes and hurricanes? All right. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creation is waiting for the manifestation, the revelation or the disclosure of the sons of God. Now hear me, remember I talked about Mary being impatient with the earth, I mean with with Jesus, why hasn't he produced, why hasn't he manifested? We are all cosmically at the marriage of Cana. You hear me? Mary, mother earth, you hear me? Mary, mother earth. Is saying whatever they tell you to do, do it. The same way that Mary said, I'm tired of this, you're not producing anything. Now the earth is saying, I'm ready for the sons of God to show that they are the sons of God. It doesn't, because here's the thing I've been hearing it my whole life. Every time there's bad weather, the, where I came from, people like signs of the times. I used to hear it all the time. This is last day's weather. This is last day's weather. Now, I have two schools of thought. If you ask me for, on the natural, I'd say, look, climate change is real. This is an apolitical statement. Whether you think man has anything to do with it or not, clearly, climate change is real and the disasters of the earth are ratcheted up. If, I, if you're going to ask me a spiritual question, I would say the whole creation is groaning. In the, in the Message Bible, it uses the imagery of pregnancy it says uh, the, the whole creation is pregnant with the manifestation of the sons of God are you getting this Jesus was manifested at the marriage of Cana we are being manifested in the now for the earnest expectation of the creature is waiting for the manifestation or the revelation or disclosure of the sons of God for the creation was subject to corruption not by its own will but by reason of the one who subjected it on the basis of hope What's he, who's he talking about? The creator was hoping that the ultimate act of creativity was that he could create more creators. So when, if you say the earth is in a fallen state, no, it's in an expectant state. How many of you women have ever been pregnant before? Pregnancy is not all that fun, is it? You don't just get pregnant for the sake of being pregnant. The point of being pregnant is you want to have a baby. I don't know. I mean if somebody says, I don't care if I have a baby or not, I just like to be pregnant. I just like to I just like to have big old belly and like, I love them, my ankle swell and those hemorrhoids are all oh, they're just incredible. Nobody says that you you go through it because of the end result. So is the earth getting crazier and wilder and polar ice caps melting yeah a lot of that stuff is happening but it's not the wrath of god it's not jesus coming back it's the, the earth going into labor it's labor pains and they ain't pretty if you had never if you didn't know what birth was and you walked by a birthing room and you saw this woman on a on a bed screaming and all these people around her saying push push you would think there's nothing good going on in that room like Somebody needs to call the cops. That's not, this is not a place I want to be. There's nobody who will walk by there and go, oh, I wish they'd invite me in. You want to be like, dear Jesus, what is going on in there? But then you walk by about an hour later, oh, who's, it's all serene. There's a woman holding a baby, and there's people taking pictures. And you're like, what happened? Last time I came through here, it looked like all hell was breaking loose. Guess what? It was. For the earnest expectation, oh, I've already read that. All right, let's go on. For the creation will also be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and is in what? Pain together until now. The earth is in pain, waiting for his I amness to become our way, our truth, and our life. So he goes on to say, we, he draws the connection between what's happening in our spirits with what's happening in the earth. We also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption and the release from our bodies by ransom. Well, that's talking about dying and going to heaven. No, it's not. It's talking about learning to live beyond the limitations of your natural body. If you think the only thing to look forward to is getting out of your body and going to heaven, you still have not understood His purpose yet, and that's why all things are not working together for your good. Once you understand, oh, all things work together for those who are called according to His purpose. So when I get in line with that, it doesn't matter what's happening in my body. It does like I'm not I'm not moved by my five natural senses anymore. Do I believe that our spirit will one day leave and go to the other side? Yes, absolutely. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about in this present time. He's not talking about going to heaven and say, "Whoo, that was rough." No, he's talking about taking dominion here. Um. Even we groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption, the release from our bodies by ransom. We are saved by this hope, but hope that is not seen is not hope. Go on. For does a man hope for what he sees? If we hope for what we do not see, do we have patience to wait for it? Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses. We do not know what to pray for as we should. The Spirit of God makes intercession for us with groaning that cannot be spoken. In the Pentecostal church, I was taught that was talking about speaking in tongues, but it's not because he says it's groanings that cannot be uttered. Last night, I was sitting there and somebody messaged me and said, I'm sorry to bother you this late. Can you just please call me? I I promise it won't take long. So I called this person. This person had just experienced a death of somebody close and they said it's just, well, the, the imminent death of somebody. They just found somebody that they love very much is about to die and has made peace with it and this person says to me i just i've got to hear your voice you've got to talk to me i'm just you know i'm freaking out and i said i could speak the peace that passes understanding to you but your reaction is normal i mean you just found out somebody you love very much is about to die you're supposed to be upset about it so i can't i mean I'll speak some words over you. And we ended up talking for about, I don't know, 30 minutes maybe. And she said, okay, I'm good. I I got what I need. But it's like I can't pray you out of grief to everything. There's a season. There's a time to mourn and a time to dance. One thing that really bothers me about Christians, like even this funeral I did the other day, I'm very careful how I say it, very difficult funeral I did Saturday before last. And the woman is singing, don't cry for me. And I'm looking at the 11-year-old son of the man who has just died who is sobbing. And when it was my turn to speak, I said, be prepared. I'm very inappropriate at funerals. I said, you did a beautiful job on that song, and I'm sure if he was speaking to us from the other side, he probably would say, don't cry for us. It's just that we're not on the other side. So it's okay. Your grief is appropriate. Feel what you need to feel. I need to give you permission to say, this is a thing that you're going to have to process for a very long time at your age. So nothing against the, the lady who sang the song. It's just Christians are too quick to want to get everybody okay. You know what I've gotten, I've even gotten to where if somebody's sick or they write something on uh, uh, Facebook, I don't, I don't say anymore believing for a speedy recovery. I say believing for a complete recovery. Because sometimes we want to speed people through and get them well so quick, they don't get really well. That's why even today, she didn't have as much time as probably she normally takes, but uh, when Chelsea said, how long do I have? I said, well, just, you know, you know the, the general time, but I said, don't be under stress about your time. I mean, I want you to be in the flow. And I'm watching her. Some of you are watching. You couldn't see it from, you know, the streaming, but she's taking time to go back and play the music for each of you, and I'm like, Good. That's like you're reaching out to people who may have groanings that cannot be uttered. You know what groanings that cannot be uttered are like? Have you ever been up at the at night hanging on your refrigerator door going I want something. What do I want? You ever done that? And you take a bite of something, you're like, No, nah, that's not it. As soon as you eat you go ahead and eat it anyway, like that wasn't it (laughs) and you try several things you're like I don't know because you don't know usually it's your body crying out for nutrition and your brain says oh we must be hungry you're not necessarily hungry you're just malnourished two different things you can be full of crap food and not be nourished empty calories are easy to consume um and that's the way he's talking about spiritually. He says there's groanings that cannot be uttered. We're like, what do I want out of life? What do I want? What do I want? You want to be like God. That's what you were born to be. You were born for His amness to become your way, your truth, and your life. And I'm going to tell you something. Nothing else will ever satisfy you. Because you'll make money and you go, well, that wasn't it. You'll go through relationships. You're like, well, that wasn't it. You know, back in the 80s, I used to listen to YouTube, 2 sing, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And he, the, whole, the lyrics of the song goes through all these, I have done this, I've done that, I've been... And he's, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And I understand, as a human being, we all relate to that. What is it? What's the thing that brings the fulfillment it's when you are flowing with his purpose and when you start flowing with his purpose all things start working together for good look like, the spirit of god makes like go back spirit of god makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be spoken so he who searches the hearts knows what is the inclination purpose mindset of the spirit of god because the spirit makes intercession for the holy ones according to what according to the will of God. And then look how he ends it up. Those he first recognized, he ordained in advance that they should be conformed to the image of his son, that his son might come back in the clouds and take them away to heaven so that they didn't have to suffer anymore. Is that what he says? Nope. Sorry. Are you okay? Okay. Yeah, I'm about to wrap up. Yeah, can you what? Oh, I'm sorry. Is it okay? That was already there. <laughs> and this is real. This is really light. Thank you. That got your attention. If there's any damage, I'll pay for it. But that that nick was there because I because I actually started to turn it around for you. All right. Those he first recognized, he ordained in advance that they might be conformed to his image, son, that he might be what? The firstborn among many brothers, those who were in the family of God just as much as the firstborn. Your big brother came to show you how it's done. Let's all stand. I had to get it all said. The point is. <laughs> When you line up with that purpose, everything in your life will start flowing to work together for good, all right? Did you get anything out of this today? All right. Please remain standing, we'll play the outro. Contributing to Metron is quick and easy. You can give any time using any smartphone. Text the amount you'd like to donate to 404 620 five zero four four you will then receive a notification that you successfully completed your donation you may also visit missionthenow.com and click the support tab to give there as well when you contribute to metron you're also donating to the charity or organization of the month thank you for your investment into metron Uh, If you have cash, just pay it forward to somebody. If you have a check, Danny will be back there in the back to receive that. Just make it J-E-S-M. Did you you get anything out of this today? All right. I speak to the divinity that's in you and I cause it to rise up and live strong. His I am-ness mirrored in you is your way, your truth, and your life. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in you in this present time. And as you deal with your setbacks, challenges, trials, you come through, God is revealed in you, and you begin to live and move and have your being in Him. You are blessed when you go out. You are blessed when you come back in. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. I love you.